So number three in the Galatians reading, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, if you're a parent of one of our HR kids this morning, you will be singing that, am I right? And it will be also added in the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. And now that I've said that, you can't forget it because that's what our kids are singing about downstairs. And in a couple of weeks, they're going to be leading us in our family service, singing about the fruit of the Spirit, um, which is really exciting. When Ross started this series, he talked about the churches in Galatia. They were young and they were new in the faith and they weren't from a Jewish background, most of them. But some Jewish people had gotten in amongst the Galatians and said to them, you're not saved just through Jesus' death on the cross. You also need to be circumcised and you probably need to follow the law. There are 613 of those commandments in the first five books of the Bible. You need to learn those. Because unless you live a certain way, are you really saved? Paul was really frustrated and he said to them, don't you know that you used to live a certain way? You used to live in a way where your actions were lying and cheating and stealing and committing adultery and and quarrelling and you had jealousy and you had outbursts of anger and you had selfish ambition and dissension. And now that the Spirit of God dwells in your hearts, your life is marked by love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, faithfulness, and goodness, and self-control, all of the things that add up to the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul was saying, if the law could have saved us, why did Jesus even need to come? If following rules could save you, then God didn't need to send Jesus. I think actually that Paul was probably quite cross, And if he had written to us today, if he had emailed us, there would be lots of capital letters, there would be lots of underlines and red pen and some angry emoji faces. He would say things like, oh, you foolish Toowoombians. I fear for you. I plead with you. Live your lives in freedom. Don't be restrained under the law all over again. In chapter 6, he said, I'll say it again. You were running this race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? And then in chapter 6, my favourite. I wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. He was so cranky. And he reminded the Christians who were living in Galatia that their old way of life didn't produce the fruit that God is looking for, but the Holy Spirit produced that fruit in their lives. And the Holy Spirit produces that in our lives. Every single human being on this planet is made in the image of God. We long for relationship. We long to be loved and to be accepted. We love to have joy. We love to have peace. We like to have patience, even though it's sometimes difficult. The list of the fruit of the Spirit are really appealing qualities. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Ross talked about Honda and marketing joy. What he didn't tell you was that we're in the process of buying a Honda. (laughs) Which, look, it drives really nicely. It's really comfortable. It looks really nice. But it doesn't really fill me with joy. 
If I had bought the Honda for the sake of having joy, right now I would be bitterly disappointed and I would be looking around for something else to bring me joy. This year, Helga's Continental Bakehouse decided that they would come up with a new marketing slogan in the midst of COVID and lockdowns in Sydney and Melbourne. Together, we can make Australia a kinder place. So they commissioned McCrindle to survey kindness in Australia. Helga's is reminding Australians that kindness is actually good for us. It's an essential part of being happy and living a healthy life. The report states that Helga's is seeking to understand how acts of kindness can have a ripple effect in our communities. The report acknowledges that being kind isn't always easy, but that most Aussies believe that kindness is important. The report includes a kindness index and examples of how Australians are living out kindness. It gives suggestions for how we can fill the kindness gap and it predicts Australia's kindness future. McCrindle scored us in three areas, in empathy, in altruism and in reflection. Empathy is compassion and friendliness and consideration. How are you doing? Altruism is encouragement, generosity and trust. Reflection is gentleness, patience and tolerance. It's a really good report. You should pop online and have a read of it. But what I found fascinating is that McCrindle takes the time to look at reflection. And this is what they say about reflection. Reflection is a key virtue of kindness because being kind often requires you to think more about how your actions might impact others and then act accordingly. Reflection measures how patient and gentle and tolerant we are towards others in our lives. Reflection me measures two of the fruit of the Spirit. Can you see that? Patience and gentleness. As we allow the Spirit of God to have time and space in our lives, he begins to develop these qualities in us. I read a quote yesterday online that said, don't expect fruit the day you plant the seed. So plant these seeds in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Allow him to get rid of things in your life that are not pleasing to him. And act on the things that he's asking you to act on. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Kindness and goodness, these first two that I'm speaking on this morning, are love in action. Love in action, the, the centre, the heart of our faith. But God's kindness is not soft. Romans 2 verse 4 says in the message version, God is kind but he's not soft. In kindness he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Isn't that great? God's incredible kindness toward us sent Jesus into our world to show us what he is like. He didn't come with a baseball bat or a sword to hit us over the head or cut into us. 
He didn't judge us on the spot. He came and he loved us. Jesus displayed this kindness quality to us every day that he walked on our, on our earth. Ephesians 2, Paul says that the incomparable riches of God's grace were expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In Titus 3, 4, he says, When the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. In Psalm 63, King David says, Your loving kindness is better than life. And the prophet Nehemiah You are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abundant in kindness. What marketing companies know is that the quality of kindness is sought after. It's desired and people will buy products if they think they espouse kindness. These fruit of the spirit are qualities longed for by every ordinary Australian. And we who say we follow Jesus, we have the presence of the Spirit of God within us and we have these qualities in increasing measure. As we put our roots down deep into our relationship with God and as we read and pray and listen to the prompts of the Holy Spirit, we become more like Jesus. Kindness leaves an impression that can last a lifetime. Tim Winton is one of Australia's most celebrated novelists. He's written more than a dozen best-selling novels um, and he's winner of numerous literary prizes. He lives on the west coast of Western Australia with his family. He was interviewed by Andrew Denton a number of years ago on Enough Rope. And at one point in the conversation, Winton's well-known Christian faith was talked about. Denton says... I want to talk to you about your faith. When you were, I think, about five, a stranger came into your family and affected your family quite profoundly. Is that right? Tim Winton shared how his father was a policeman and had been in a terrible motorcycle accident in the early 1960s. He was knocked off his motorcycle by a drunk driver. And after weeks in a coma, unable to walk and feed himself, he was allowed to come home. Everything was busted up. Winton's father was a big man and Mrs Winton had great difficulty in bathing him each day. There was nothing Tim, who at the age of five, could do to help her. Now, news of the family's situation got out into the local community and shortly afterwards, Winton recalls his mother got a knock on the door. A stranger stood there and he said, G'day, my name's Len. I heard your hubby's a bit ill. Is there anything I can do to help? Winton explained that Len was from a local church, in fact, a local church of Christ. He had heard about the family's difficulties and he just wanted to help. And Winton said, he just showed up and he used to carry my dad from bed and put him in the bath and he used to bathe him, which in the 1960s in Australia, in the suburbs, was not the sort of thing that you saw every day. According to Winton, this simple act of kindness from a Christian man had a powerful effect. It really touched me, he said, in that watching a grown man bother for nothing to show up and wash a sick man, you know, it really affected me. This strangely sacrificial act, as he describes it, was the doorway into the Christian faith for the entire Winton family. It changed their lives. 
Never underestimate the power of kindness, especially kindness in Jesus' name. It's an essential part of the process of becoming godly. It's non-negotiable when it comes to being more and more like Jesus. Jesus' first recorded miracle was kindness at a wedding when they ran out of wine. He was kind to a little tax collector who everybody despised and he ate at his home for dinner. He was kind to a woman caught in adultery who by law should have been stoned. He was kind to the woman who touched the hem of his garment. He stopped to speak to her when she was healed. And then while enduring unspeakable physical and emotional agony and separation from his father on the cross, Jesus turned to care for the thief that hung beside him on a cross. Jesus was known for his kindness, and so if we ignore the kindness of Christ, we really don't understand him at all. Love is patient. Love is kind. Colossians 3.7 says that if we are to be known as God's children, if we are to be recognised as Christians, we must learn to clothe ourselves in kindness. Romans 2.4 says, God's kindness leads towards repentance. British theologian Frederick Faber said, kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, eloquence or learning. So what about goodness? Let's look at another marketing campaign. During the Super Bowl in 2020, Heinz released its campaign, campaign Find the Goodness. Now, Super Bowl is the most expensive ad to buy in the year. In fact, 30-second ads are running at $5.6 million during the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. And once again, marketing gurus know what sells. People want goodness. They want what is good for them. They want food that is good for them. They want healthy goodness that makes them physically well. They want exercise that's good for them, mostly. But what about spiritual goodness? When we tie kindness and goodness together, we have an expression of love. Love in action is marked by kindness and goodness. And it's the heart of Christianity. Can you have kindness and goodness without the Spirit of God? Yes. Marketers market kindness and goodness without the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God nurtures it and grows it. And without the Spirit of God, it's a dim reflection of the fruit. It's kind of a tasteless clone of what the Spirit develops in us. Galatians 6.9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what's good. Just the right time we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, wherever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Faithfulness. So a love that is marked by kindness and goodness should also be marked by faithfulness. There cannot be love without faithfulness. Where there is no faithfulness, there is no trust. Where there is no trust, love cannot grow. There cannot be love without faithfulness. Not surprisingly, though, I couldn't find any marketing campaigns with the motto that included faithfulness. I was confronted by the fact that we are desperate to be loved and accepted and forgiven 
We want kindness and we long for faithfulness, but we can't market faithfulness and make money. Movies, social media, books, TV, they all glamorise unfaithfulness. We've excused unfaithfulness. We have elevated it to popular and acceptable. But we still crave faithfulness. Research says that faithfulness and commitment are vital to emotional and physical health. Did you get that? Faithfulness and commitment are vital to emotional and physical health. There cannot be love without faithfulness. Lamentations 3.22 says, Because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness comes from a place of trust and loyalty. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Faithfulness requires us to submit our ways to God and he enables faithfulness. We want security in our relationships. We want others to treat us faithfully. We want it, but faithfulness is hard to replicate without the Spirit of God. Ross spoke about the fruit not just being individual, but being communal. And I see evidence of the fruit of faithfulness as I look around. We have people who come week in and week out and clean our toilets and empty our garbage bins. I watch with, with awe the faithfulness of those of you who've had to care for loved ones who are sick. And I watch you faithfully come week after week to worship God and to share in communion and to learn and to grow. Faithfulness is committed. Faithfulness is unglamorous. Faithfulness is challenging. Perhaps this morning you've been a victim of unfaithfulness. I am so sorry. Maybe you've been unfaithful. Maybe unfaithful to a friend. Maybe unfaithful to your partner. Maybe unfaithful to your children or unfaithful to God. The beauty of a relationship with Jesus is that we know that forgiveness is freely offered. 2 Timothy 2 says this, Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. There is forgiveness and restoration when we bring our pain and our shame and our sin to Jesus. We can ask him for his forgiveness. And we allow the Spirit of God to heal us and restore us. We cannot forgive ourselves. And Satan wants nothing more than to keep us prisoners to guilt and shame and pain. Jesus died so that we don't have to stay there. We have access to forgiveness, complete forgiveness, and freedom and a fresh start. So let's summarise where we've been this morning so we remember when we walk out the door what we're going to put into practice this week. Just like the early Christians who Paul was writing to in Galatia, 
we can be tempted to add things and make up a new formula for salvation. Our salvation comes through Christ alone. If the fruit of the Spirit of God is living in us, then his fruit will be evident in our lives. Kindness, goodness and faithfulness are developed by the Spirit of God. And without these three things, there is no love. Every Aussie wants these things expressed to them. And we have the Spirit of God living within us and he is prompting us and stretching us and we need to listen. Lastly, even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful because he cannot disown himself. So this morning, let's stand up for each other. Let's stand in the gap in prayer for those around us. Let's bear each other's burdens. Let's show the love of Jesus and let's help each other grow. And this week, as you ask God to help you develop the fruit of the Spirit, listen. Listen to what he's saying to you. Let's pray. Father God, please work in the lives of every ear that is listening today. Prompt us, stretch us, and give us the opportunity to display the fruit of kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, who alone is our salvation. Amen.